Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio is on the air. From the magnificent Cowlick Media offices located in my basement, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Buckle up, then be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com. We've got links to uh, all the stories and stuff we're going to talk about. It's on our blog. We've got events that are happening and are keep populating a little more, a little more. Uh, fall is looking freaking awesome and yes. busy, dude. Yes. Seriously busy. I, and I got a couple of messages on our Facebook page. Uh, like uh, one from a super cool dude down in Blythesville, Arkansas. Yeah, where they're doing these uh, uh, drag races, like kind of you know no, run, I, I run s- what you brung things. I, I saw it and I was going through my list of stuff, going, okay, what can I drive down there, abuse, yeah. and still drive home? <laughs> and how do I how do I fit this into the schedule? There's so much going on, so uh, there's going to be plenty of good times out there for all of us. Uh, you can find all of that at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Now, coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, we're going to be fishing for muscle cars. Uh, we'll figure out the best way to know how your cl- uh, know what your classic is worth. Happy our favorite roads month and uh, a Mad Max style auction action. Then in seg two, we're going to talk with Chris Rockwell, who not only has a super cool name. I'm Chris Rockwell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like '90s DJ, I'm doesn't Shelley. it? I'm I'm like uh, I'm Mark Groves, and I always have to repeat it. What was that last name? Groves. Groves. Gross. Gro- no. <laughs> Remember China Grove? Like that. Can you spell catfish? We're good. Uh, Chris Rockwell is the general manager of Gateway Classic Cars. Uh, all across Gateway Classic Cars, uh, we have a location right here in Olathe where, uh, where we are situated. And we're going to talk about the Gateway way to buy or sell your cool ride. Really? Now, we've, we've had some interesting things going on in the past week. I'll start with mine. Uh, I went to a Stones concert. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to mention what a, what a full metal stud you are. Uh, Mr. Groves yesterday had major surgery and let them extract an organ from him. It was just my gallbladder. Not a piano, not a keyboard, an organ. <laughs> and I still have a lot of gall. I mean, so, you know, I, uh, I don't feel like I'm missing anything, but, uh, it does leave you a little tender. Yeah. I, and little. I would like to know for the record, this is a chicken shit weight loss plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I am paying so much to lose 1.4 ounces. Is that all? Those, yeah, those things are dink. But wow. uh, but apparently the rock that I had in well, it, the gallstone just... that I had in it, was not dink at all. <laughs> it should have been a – it's like a, a wedding ring from hell. Yeah, it looks like gravel. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I had that had that done yesterday. So today at recording, I, uh, I, I did take my painkiller about an hour and a half, two hours ago. and I thought you looked bright and happy. I'm all right. It's all good. Well, and you're going to get to skip that after-drink cocktail, too. You got that right. <laughs> now, as for you, you got some great news this week. Okay, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about American Modern Collector Car Insurance having a uh, a virtual 
car show yeah, on Facebook. It was part of the, what was it, the uh, National uh, Collect- Collector Car Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone by, what, June 10th. And uh, they felt like, you know, they're just, we, we couldn't get out and really do stuff. So Well, this they, summer's been kind of shot in the rear for that. Oh, no kidding. So they uh, decided to just extend it and do kind of their own thing. And it was fun. And we were, on the, we were discussing it on the show, and I said, okay, hey, fine. I'm going to go ahead and put Vlad in that thing. Vlad the uh, 61 Impala. Vlad the Impaler. We'll just put her in there (laughs) and and see what rips. Just let her go. Yeah. And she won. She won. (laughs) Now, which uh, which division was it? Because they had certain. They had a lot of different categories, but the category that uh, Vlad was in, it was best street machine and or resto mod. Yeah. She doesn't really qualify for a resto mod because all the running gear is vintage. It's 409 and a. T uh, T ten four speed. Well, it, it, it's original numbers. I don't think the engine no, no, quite no, no. looks like no, an no, no. original. No, did. it's not original numbers. Not even close. <laughs> that car was born a two eighty three with a Paraglide. Well, I mean, a four hundred nine is an original is number a, for an engine, but what you've done to it, holy hell! Well, yeah, but resto mod <laughs> is typically uh, modern running gear. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Uh, versus street rod or street machine like this, which is uh, period correct running gear, and it happens to have. You know, serpentine drive and power steering and brakes and yeah. Uh, yeah. and AC. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would have AC if I'd put a charge on the AC, but it's got <laughs> it's got a pump. The compressor is there. It's uh, anyway, um, I, the car is a great car. I've been really, really lucky to own it, and it has been fantastic. And I can't complain, although I oft times do because every time it gives me a little bit of trouble, I just whine. <laughs> but the pictures that I put up on the in this. Uh, contest or for this virtual online car show were shot by Ped Watt. Yeah, that's a distinct advantage. And the man creates art. He just does. He's, I've said this a bunch of times, he's way more talented than he should be. Yeah. Uh, Ted is, Ped is stupid good at what he does. And he made, gorgeous pictures of my car. And of course I flooded the people over at American modern with <laughs> all the pictures that pet had done and, uh, uh, the lengthy description of what that car is and everything I've done to it, which, you know, want to read my book, read my book, read yeah. my book, <laughs> read the pages, read, print them out. I dare you. So anyway, uh, it was judged by two people from American modern, but it was also judged from, uh, one of the journalists who writes for classic car journal. Oh, nice. And they all said really nice things about my car. They were very happy with it. And I won first place in the street machine category with good old Vlad the Impala. And I want to thank everybody from American Modern and from Classic Car Journal. Your very kind words meant the world to me. Thank you so very much. And I was so very happy about it. And I figured I needed to be in the right mood to do this show that I drug Vlad the Impaler out of the garage and drove her over here tonight. And all of her 409 loud exact. I was was sitting in my uh, kitchen at the time when you pulled off. I'm like, I bet I know what that was. (laughs) Uh There it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. She is a lot of fun. Now, the other thing I did with Vlad this weekend, uh, the wife and I went out and drove her around for a few hours on Saturday and wound up not really going anywhere because I hadn't put any masks in the car for us to wear when we went anywhere. So we were just out. And we drove around and had a good time. The weather's been really nice and it's Mm -hmm. cool outside, especially for August in Kansas. It's been beautiful. And I got home and went to get out of the car. I'd been driving it with that clutch 
for three hours. <laughs> my left butt cheek was so sore. So it was basically like, uh, what was it? Four left, speed Pilates? Yeah, four speed Pilates. Uh, the, one, <laughs> the one butt cheek. Now my shorts don't fit right on that side. Uh, but anyway, had a great time. It's been a while since I've had that car out, and it was a lot of fun. And it does make great noises, and it gets a lot of attention. But it is not a daily driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I'm go. so happy I've never been stuck in real heavy traffic with that. <laughs> well, it's uh so it's been at least a decent week. I do feel better. Yeah. And and you got an award. And let's move on to the news. Oh yeah, yeah. Um out from WRAL.com, it's a TV station in uh <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> this is you know, this is the type of stuff I, I love these kind of stories, although I am so curious. I want to see how this goes uh-huh. through. Uh-huh. Uh, according to an article on WRAL's website, two old cars were discovered submerged in Lake Wheeler. How they were found, dude was out fishing because the the still shot that you, you can find on RoadMuscleRadio.com and a link to the article is, you know, you, it looks like there's little fishies around it. And then there's this kind of Tonka whatever looking little car thing that showed up. You can tell it's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, that is a really good little uh, fish finder. It was on July 26th. A fisherman using a sonar device in Lake Wheeler discovered a submerged vehicle. It's near Lake Wheeler Dam. Um, It's not exactly unusual. The article says that Kerr Lake has an old train uh, hidden in it. Lake Norman has an entire airplane at the bottom. What the hell is going on? Uh, all of them are from the Teddy Kennedy collection. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember the old joke, don't he's, you? He's the only guy that can't jump the shark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember the old joke who's Teddy Kennedy's chauffeur, Jacques Cousteau? Oh, my God. Oh, oh that's so horrible. Uh, the Apex Fire Department dive team was called in and investigated the sunken vehicle. Divers discovered two vehicles that, uh, quote, appeared to have been in the water for a long time, unquote. Divers were not able to find any identification or tags uh, near the vehicle. because they've got three feet of mud on them. Now, from the sonar image, the car looks almost like a muscle car. Well, it looks mostly like a muscle car, and it appears like it may have fins on the back, although when I was looking at it... Um, <laughs> Amphicar. <laughs> it is now. Um, the, the back of it, I, I'm like, is that actually a fin or is that a spoiler? Because I, I, I mean, I spent like quite a bit of time well, looking upon how much time it's been down there. It could have a lot of sediment on it. It'd be difficult oh, to tell. True what that. It is. True that. Local uh, fire historian Mike Legros posted images of it, and the dive team arriving on site. In his tweet, he said the car was found in about ten feet of water, only ten feet, but it's a lake, so you can't really see down. Yeah, no particularly kidding. clear. Uncertain how the cars came submerged, how long they've been beneath the water, and I'm going to stay on top of this one because I am, I am way curious. I. I there are too many jokes to be made there, and <laughs> all of them are in poor taste. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Well, from the newswheel.com, uh, how, they've got an article about how to have your classic car appraised. Yeah. I've actually had this done. I had, I had the Impala appraised a couple years ago, a really terrific guy named Rick, whose last name escapes me. Uh, came to my warehouse. He spent a couple of hours. He oh, wow. really did his homework. He had lots and lots and lots of comps pulled before he got there. Had history on, on the car, at least the, the that model, the 61 Impala. Right. And uh, he took a lot of time and was very detailed. And then he gave me a really fantastic uh, appraisal on the car afterward. Right. But he was very thorough. And so much so, watching him do this, I'm thinking – 
you know, I don't do something very dissimilar from this for the mag. I, what I do for the magazines is not that far away from what he was doing. Yeah. And I've been looking into becoming an appraiser my own self. You're probably just a, you know, a couple of classes and a certification away. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just the case. But if you want to determine the value of your vintage vehicle, uh, you could use online appraisal systems to estimate the value of your car, but you're far better off hiring a professional appraiser to, to audit your particular car. Um, a lot of the, the factors that would yeah. influence the value are things that are not really tangible to be done over online. Yeah. You know, it's more than just the age, make, and model of the car. An accurate valuation also considers condition, any restoration work that's been done, uh, the thoroughness of documented records, and I'm a hound for that. I've always got lots of paperwork on everything I own. Uh, trends and auction sales, and those shift a lot. Yeah. And what's funny is what a great uptick they're on right now. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, regional interests and any one-of-a-kind traits that you have specific to your car. Well, you know, the the whole thing about the details in it and having somebody who's trained to do this, because how oh, yeah. many times uh, have I come whining to you about vehicles that I went to look at? And I'm like, the guy said it ran great, and I go up there, and it sounds like a Sherman tank with hiccups. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you <laughs> said it runs great. Those kind of run great. I'm going to run home great. Uh, and you know, when the paint condition, oh yeah, it looks great. And you walk up and you're like, wow, that's a, Hey, speaking of which, what happened with the 68? I, uh, I have not called them yet. Oh, well, I, okay. You've got a legit excuse, I, yeah. but you better because that thing was good looking. Yeah. There's a 68, uh, just side note, 68, uh, Plymouth Fury that, uh, and it has that kind of, it's not a fastback. I don't know what the name is of the kind of swooping down backside. back. Sportback, fastback, uh, it looks like a Marlin in heat. It's just yeah. cool. Yeah, that was a pretty cool car. So I do need to call them. Anyway, getting back to this, uh, some of the stuff is way beyond an algorithm or a graph or yeah. a chart. And uh, that's, again, an awful lot of what I do for sports car market. I go to auctions and I, you lay eyes on them. Yeah. And I've done a couple of auctions uh, where the coverage online. There is nothing like seeing one in person, being able to see it, touch it, yeah. feel whether or not that paint is glossy, smooth, or gritty, uh, being able to smell it. You know, if it smells like a can of old varnish, mm. you know, you're going to have some issues mm. with it. So uh, that it behooves you to hire a professional appraiser to come out, uh, especially a classic car appraiser specifically for that. And if you can find somebody who's got an established name or an established background, yeah. it doesn't have to be somebody from RM Sotheby's or Christie's, but finding somebody who's got a good reputation is worth it. And, uh, especially if that reputation is for accuracy and credibility. Yeah. Uh, appraisal business listings on antiquecar.com are a good place to start. I started looking around there. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent, uh, excellent advice there. When you find a potential appraiser, reach out and make sure they're familiar with your particular model before you're, you that's, hire them. That's really important. Yeah. Ask questions. Don't be afraid. There are people who specialize on certain marks. And I'm a dumbass. You know, I am, I am such a village idiot when it comes to vehicles. And that's why there's, asking somebody who really knows about them for some help. Well, there's a difference between being dumb and not having the education. I'm ignorant. You lack the education, but you're getting there. 
Working You're on a whole lot more so <laughs> now than we Shut were a, co- a couple years ago. Left-handed compliment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you're much, much better now. You're really, you're, you've learned a ton in the last couple of years. So ensure you're working with an expert on your particular brand or your uh, product period. Gather all the paperwork you have on the vehicle and discuss the best way to meet with the appraiser if they're doing so in person. Lots of appraisers will come to you. You don't have to go to them. Uh uh, many trusts where the appraisal businesses also offer virtual appraisals that can take place over email if you can provide detailed photographs and documentation on your vehicle. Always better to have them there. Yeah. Um, it, it'll run you a couple hundred bucks. Mine did. Yeah. Mine did. But well worth it, especially if you are trying to sell it or trying to get guaranteed value for insurance Insurance, purposes. yeah, yeah. Try to tell an insurance adjuster what it was really worth. Well, like, hey, and uh, Earl Scheib will paint that for this much. Yeah, even with Haggerty, uh, they wanted to have an idea of what my car yeah. was worth. Yeah. Real easy to peg my Corvette because it just – Wow. It's yeah. it's an original numbers and low mile car. So iconic, yeah. But the Impala is a whole different critter. And having that appraisal, when I went to them and I said I want to in, I want to insure it for this much, and I have an appraisal that says it's worth that much, that was worth its weight in gold. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. So uh, find yourself a pro and uh, cough up a couple hundred bucks. It is worth it. At uh, journal.classiccars.com. It is – August is our favorite roads month. Now, what's really cool is the journal, uh, classiccars.com, they're going to have a series of articles about uh, oh, favorite roads cool, to go cool, down cool. for uh, car trips. And I think it was on the, it was on our uh, brother podcast on drivenradioshow.com and Driven Radio Show itself. We talked a little bit about uh, this last uh, – what was it? Episode 60 Mahogan uh, about – Road trips and stuff. Oh, yeah. That we like uh, to go it was on. just this last episode, 69. And this one. 69, dude. They're going to have all these editorial pieces. And I thought it was really cool, especially kind of some of the, the ways they, they wrote that uh, we chose this profession as automotive scribes unanimously because we love the drive. Yes. That, that feeling you get when man and machine become one and we enter the zone of perfect awareness. It's a little thick, but uh, the cars <laughs> are great, but the roads make the difference. And yes. I, uh, you know, it also talks about when the car that you choose also dictates some of what the what the drive becomes. Yeah. But it's it's not the totality of it. You know, a little sports car might be really cool on the super curvy ones instead of like that lumbering fifty five Plymouth I had. However, uh, you pick the road and just go. Well, in your in your neck of the woods, in your part of the world, down in Branson and down through the Ozarks. There are some amazing drives, especially during fall when the leaves are changing. I, I love Arkansas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, there's some great stuff down there. When I was Arkansas. growing up, uh, Branson was basically, they would drive, you know, seven miles north of the uh, Arkansas border, fight in Branson, and then drive back home. <laughs> so some of the experiences with Arkansas-ers, uh in my youth uh, we're, not, we're not always the best, but Arkansas is just beautiful. And you get down into around Eureka Springs, it's four hours from Kansas City, three and a half to four hours yeah, but straight it's shot down. Oh, my God. Some of the trails, the drives, go on the pig trail. You, you start in Eureka Springs, you head south, and there's this 20 or 30-mile drive that is just – I don't care the time of year. It can be in fall when the leaves are changing. If you're going during the summer and you, you just crank open the windows, you get to go down into valleys, and then you go back up along the side of the, and at you the can Boston feel the Mountains. the temperature drop Temperature you go changes, down. your ears pops, and then there's all these you know old oak trees hanging over the drive. 
drive, so you get that whole dappling effect that oh, you yeah. always see in the commercials for Maine. Yes. Screw you. We got it in Arkansas. That's right. And, and uh, don't forget beautiful. Uh, our friend from the other show, from uh, Driven Radio, uh, Scott Huddleston, who owns Express Rally, oh, runs yeah, yeah. a lot of his rallies through northern Arkansas, and with good reason. They are and gorgeous. This is why. Now, uh, if you have car sickness, be sure to take your Dramamine, because yeah. some of them are a bit twisty and turny, but you hit you know War Eagle Mill and all these wonderful no, I'm just going to drink warm milk and read a book while I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sun-drenched milk from my dashboard. And, and then I'll just be hurling out the door over here. And one of the other places I like to drive to, especially early in the morning, it's uh, driving in Kansas can be beautiful, but you have to kind of change what you define. You, yeah. You've got to really be selective. And there's more of it. You have to enjoy the openness mm-hmm. of certain places. I'm but, wondering uh, if you're headed where I'm thinking. Well, for me, I have driven down 169 Highway coming out of uh, Olathe. I can't tell you how many times, all the way down to Cherryvale and back. So it's almost to, it's to the southern south uh, eastern part of Kansas. And in the morning, early morning, there's not a lot of traffic on there. You crank up the music. You've got your windows down. Mm-hmm. Air's blowing all around you. It's nice and cool. Wear a hat because my hair always gets freaky. But uh, the smell of the land and just the feel of it. And the good music, there is something so cathartic about that experience. I'll go you one for one. Do. Ten miles south of Emporia on I-35 going southbound. Oh, when you hit the rolling. At dusk in the Flint Hills. Oh, the Flint. Yes. In the Flint Hills as you're listening to side two of Jane's Addiction, Ritual De La Habitual. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's otherworldly. So anyway, a uh, very cool article from uh, a Classic Car Journal yes. about favorite drives. Now, uh, from Fox News, we've got a story about uh, a Ford Falcon. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that was kind of a chicken coop for the last 30 years. Yeah, oopsies. Uh, hey, Mad Max, meet your mad mess. <laughs> Uh, let's say you had an early 70s Ford that you parked in a chicken shed for 30-plus years, open to weather, dirt, and chicken crap. Uh, you left it to rust. You never started it. What do you think it would be worth? That uh, that doesn't sound like much because, you know, Ford Falcons, meh. Yeah. You know, I, no, no disrespect meant, but I – as I've looked at the, the early uh, 60s and into 70s stuff, Falcons never floated to the top. But me. also remember that Falcons in Australia look different than they did Australian here. Falcon. Australian Falcons look quite a bit different. In fact, this thing was the precursor to the uh, to the uh, police interceptor. Oh, the Mad Max. It was in Mad Max. Yes, yes. Uh, Hell yes. It turns out that one of those is worth a ton. A dusty, rusty mess of a 73 Australian Ford Falcon XA GT hardtop, uh, RPO 83 manual coupe Ford Falcon. Wow, what Jeebus a name. Chrysler. You'd like to see the the title on that sucker. <laughs> that's, a, that's Australian for long. It was, oh, you call that a name? Here's a name. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Left in the shed for over three decades, was auctioned off this past week. It was a rare high-performance model, one of 120 made. God. If you're wondering what a Ford Falcon looks like in Australia, it's kind of 70s Cougar rear end, a little bit of Torino thrown in with some 71 Mustang. <laughs> Uh, it, it was <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. Well, it, it actually is pretty decent looking car underneath all of the, uh, bird crap and dirt. So you're just, uh, you're describing a javelin. Okay. 
kind of, kind of. I took a kinda. little of this, a little of that, and a little of the other. Uh, there you go. There's a car. Yeah, well, AMC was all makes of cars. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the model is effectively Australia's <laughs> version of the Mustang, but offered in several different body styles with two and four doors. Two and four, four doors. doors. Four doors. Four doors, more doors. That's going to be an exciting. Oh, those Aussies just don't give a damn. Uh, This particular (laughs) coupe was one of just 120 of them, like I said, featuring a 330 horsepower 351, that great 5.8 liter that we know as the 351. Nice. Good for 160 miles an hour. And so there's 1973, a 351 baby. Windsor, a 351 Cleveland, and what, a 351 Brisbane? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, oi, oi. <laughs> uh, this one is oranges. It's right-hand drive. That's oh, the thing wow. that always throws me off. Does that screw up how you shift? Because I'm so used to having the, the well, shift yeah. in the right hand. I, I would love – actually, I would love to know that because I've never looked deeply enough into it, but I just assumed I've never driven a right-hand drive stick shift, so it would be kind of weird to find out. And is your gas pedal – on the left. The gas pedal's still on the right. Brake okay. is in the middle. Clutch is on the left. But the shifter is your left the hand. And I'm left. wondering if you have that authoritarian feel if you're a right-handed driver shifting left-handed. White and black interior, plenty of mildew, and a double-barrel dose <laughs> of high-performance hunt-a-virus. It's a predecessor to the original Mad Max Interceptor car, if that gives you any kind of an idea, except without the special apocalypse <laughs> accessory package. And yeah, that did make it pretty cool. Mohawks and studded belts <laughs> and crap like that. Gordon Stubbersfeld was the owner. He refused to sell it despite great interest from collectors over the past 30 plus years God. because it was a car he owned when he first got married. I get Aww, that. I, okay. You know, Rhonda and I got married on a Harley and I can't sell that That's where I made yet. the next generation of Stubbage Fields. That's right. <laughs> car was last registered for road use in 1988. Oh my God. Isn't that when Mad Max came out or right around there? Jeez. And it sold, uh, in case I've buried the lead here, <laughs> uh, it sold for $215,000. What? Bird crap and all, well, $215,000. Now, according to TradeUniqueCars.com.au, uh, trade a 73 Falcon XA GT hardtop RPO 83 in fair condition is worth about seventy grand. when in excellent condition uh, are, is around hundred eighty grand. This well, thing went for two i am guessing low miles, originality. And I own a power washer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And a whole lot of. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. You could. You, <laughs> I, I have a bunny suit on inside a bunny suit. <laughs> Lord of mercy. That's a that's $215,000. That tells you a little bit about the car market right now. Yeah, I know. I, it, I'll say this uh, right now. And we talked about this before. People are a little scared by the market. Things yeah. have been really freaky, and people are putting their money in tangible assets. It will never be worth nothing. I've always got something I can I can hold in my hands. Well, and let let us just remind you right here that uh, the early '60s and mid '60s Chryslers aren't worth a damn. They are worth nothing, especially you, not '68 Furies. You hate them, and you do not want to <laughs> buy them. They'll never be worth anything. So you're perfectly willing to hose an entire market for your own personal interest. You damn right I am. If there's one thing that this show will ever accomplish for me, it's to help me get a cheap ass huge Chrysler. A good man, I believe in you. <laughs> All right, well that's a, that wraps up the news. You can find links to these stories and more on our blog at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Coming up in our second segment, Chris Rockwell. He's the general manager of Gateway Classic Cars. Period. He is going to join us to uh, talk about selling your current car or buying your dream car the gateway way. Stick around. More Road Muscle Radio is coming up. 
We're back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. If you're searching for your classic gas or maybe a new old hot rod, you've no doubt seen an ad somewhere for Gateway Classic Cars. I mean, I was cruising Facebook today, and in in all my searches, Gateway pops up with some beautiful rides. They provide you access to over 3,000 classic and exotic cars uh, in locations all over the U.S. They've got showrooms in St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, Indianapolis, Denver, Atlanta, and on and on. If you got a zip code. Yeah, they've got a showroom. Plus, right here in Olathe uh, is the Kansas City showroom. And joining us now is Chris Rockwell, General Manager for Gateway Classic Cars. Chris used to be a showroom manager in Texas and now is involved in every showroom that they do. So if you go in, this guy has his finger right there in the octane. Chris, thanks for being here on Road Muscle Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And you've got a special guest in the background, Ken? Yes, sir. I'm the marketing manager here for Gateway Classic Cars. As the world's largest classic and exotic car sales company, I mean, when you've got 3,000 listings, holy Moses, how did you get all of these? Yeah, so uh, what we try to do is uh, we try to provide a, a place for the, uh, the business to be conducted um, pretty easily for both sides, both on the seller's and buyer's portion. Um, what we specialize in is listing these vehicles under consignment and representing these for private owners. And then in doing so, we do um, do a heck of a job in getting it marketing. And uh, that's where Ken kind of steps in and, and takes over to, to get our vehicles listed and out there seen by the masses. It's so huge. How did you get a thing like this rolling? Well, uh, so we originated back in 1999. Uh, we are on our 21st year here of operations. Uh, we actually started with our single owner. So the, the, the owner of the entire business was actually the original salesman uh, back when we started in 1999. Uh, since then, we have been able to grow and expand, becoming the world's largest classic car dealership. And now we are one of 18 locations throughout the nation. What are the requirements for a vehicle to be considered a viable listing on Gateway Classic Cars? Yeah, so at Gateway Classic Cars, uh, we like to say we, we take everything from the driver quality all the way up to the concourse, uh, meaning that we're not going to accept any project cars. Um, all our cars are going to be completed, running, and driving vehicles. Uh, from there, we do have some strict quality control that we, uh, that we perform prior to allowing a vehicle into our inventory. Uh, this does include a, a thorough inspection, making sure that the that there is no rust or structural integrity issues. Uh, we then run through an equipment checklist. Uh, we're just verifying, starting with the headlights, working all the way back to the taillights, making sure what is and isn't working on the vehicle so that we can represent it accurately anytime we are um, revealing these things to the buyer. And then the third part is that we do take all our vehicles for a test drive. Uh, anytime we take them for a test drive, we're going to run them for 10 or 15 minutes make sure we go through the gears, make sure the suspension is holding up, and uh, as well as that it's not having any overheating issues so, so that we can be really confident in the vehicles that we are representing. All of our uh, showrooms are indoor, climate-controlled. And, like, for example, the showroom that Chris and I are at right now, which is also our corporate headquarters, is about 120,000 square feet. Jeez, that's a big building. Wow. And each one of these vehicles is kept in-house. Uh, we do not allow any of these vehicles to sit outside. We want to make sure that these are the uh, prized possessions that the owners are allowing us to represent. And so we want to make sure that we take extra special care of each and every vehicle that is brought to us. 
We're talking with Chris Rockwell, general manager for Gateway Classic Cars, and, and Ken, his knowledgeable sidekick. And you can look them up and pretty much every and any car they offer at gatewayclassiccars.com. Now, if we come to Gateway Classic Cars to sell our car, uh, I think Ken might be able to address this. You talked about the listings and market. How do you market this? How do you get them all out? I mean, I, I mentioned Facebook ads. What else do you do? Uh, well, Facebook is just one part of our network. The first step that we have once the cars come in, we do a full video and photo shoot and a professional write-up describing and representing the vehicle. Right. When that goes up on our website, uh, that itself has got a global footprint. Uh, last month, we had uh, over 5 million views on our website. Uh, June was uh, 4.7 million. And as we receive calls and even website chats, people engaging with us, they're international. I spent uh, quite a while yesterday chatting with somebody from Argentina who's looking for a Corvette. He's actually trying to decide between a Corvette and a Camaro. Uh, we've got a, a robust presence on Facebook Marketplace. We also have partnership agreements with ClassicCar.com, Cars for Sale, Auto Trader Classics, all of the top tier classic car sites. We have an enormous YouTube uh, collection of all our videos. Even if we've already sold the cars, we still showcase them out on YouTube because people just love looking at these cars. So we've we've got our social media, our partner sites and our network, and we'll put the car in front of the buyer wherever they may be. Okay, well, and Ken, uh, do you put it in the thrifty nickel, big shot? All right, you, <laughs> you got all these connections. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to dig yeah, deeper. I, is it in the thrifty? Is it on those little, what is that thing where you go into yeah. the restaurants and they have the... the yeah, I don't see these guys the advertising in grit. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you guys really, you, you get the reach out, and I, I see your ads in so many places, and it, uh, I've always been impressed by that. Walk us through purchasing a car at Gateway Classic Cars. What, uh, what do we do when we find one? We're like, oh, God, that looks really great. He's got a couple of options when it comes to attempting to purchase a car, purchase a car with us. Uh, the first is that, um, again, we do have a global reach. We do map, uh, market these all across the world. Uh, we really market these everywhere except Antarctica as far as every continent goes. So um, that's only because we haven't found anybody to buy a car in, in Antarctica yet. But believe me, if we find it, we'll certainly uh, start advertising there too. Nice. Absolutely. But to actually completing the, uh, the purchase process, um, the easiest way is to simply uh, go to our website, check out all our inventory, which is www.gatewayclassiccars.com. Um, from there, you will be able to search through our 18 showrooms and, and just uh, thoroughly look through and, and see if there is the particular vehicle or the vehicle of your dreams uh, available. If you do spot that, um, each one of the uh, showrooms there does have a direct contact number in which you can reach out to and attempt to contact a salesman at that location in order to go forward with the purchase. Uh, the other option is, as of right now, we are working by appointment only. And so you could contact us and set up an appointment to come in and look at the vehicle. Um, once you've looked at the vehicle and you feel comfortable that you're ready to go forward, uh, it's pretty simple on our end. We're going to start off taking a $1,000 deposit. Uh, this deposit just allows us to take the vehicle off the market and gives us seven days to close out on that transaction. 
Uh, from that point, we will walk you through step-by-step by, step by pro- producing the vehicle purchase contracts, uh, allowing you to complete those with signatures, and then simply uh, providing you instructions on how we can accept the balance. Uh, we do have a couple of different ways in which you can pay off the balance. Uh, one's a simple direct wire. Uh, we do also work by taking cashier's check or, you know, the good old-fashioned cash if you want to bring it in. How about uh, Bitcoin? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. So, uh, we're, we're, we're happy to take the time to sit there and count it out if you're, if you're willing to put it on the desk. Dude, you can't even spell Bitcoin. <laughs> Shut up. I can't, too. I don't know what it is. But... Start, starts with a B. <laughs> the last option that we do have is we also do have some third-party financing companies that we are affiliated with that we can uh, certainly put you in contact with as we do have great representatives at those companies as well. With as many cars as you guys move, and it is it is a significant number, uh, what trends are you seeing in the market over the past uh, three or four months, especially with the lockdown in place? So towards the end of March, there was a lot of uh, uncertainty as civilization was collapsing. Uh-huh. And <laughs> a good time to get a fast car. There, there was about a two-week period as many people in the country were adjusting and adapting to working from their home office. Mm-hmm. And so after that two-week period, we have been experiencing exponential growth, both uh, for buyer inquiries and people looking to have us consign their vehicles. I, we have broken every record that this company has had for over 21 years for the months of April, May, June, and July. Wow. That's impressive. People are wanting to put their money into tangible assets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know that interest rates being low, uh, you know, makes it a lot easier for, for some people to uh, take the step, but with all the ups and downs and roller coasters of what's been going on in the financial sector, I think a lot of people are looking at our cars as a um, as a smarter way to invest. Now, if they just leave the damn Chryslers alone, I'm they, still good. <laughs> in our last segment, that's one of the things I, I worried about. I, Mark wants a nationwide moratorium on <laughs> on Mopars that exceed 17 feet in length. Yeah, doggone it! Because you were talking about uh, somebody down in South America possibly buying from you, and for me, all my dream cars are going to like Denmark and Sweden. Curse you and your good taste. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Uh, what is the most unusual car that you remember to date having seen go through uh, Gateway Classic cars? Go ahead. I think we agree on this one. Well, uh, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of, of interesting ones come through Gateway Classic cars, but um, right now we actually have one come in in the last few weeks, and it's actually getting ready to go up online. Uh, what it is is it's a modern-day amphibious car. Um, so much so that it is called a uh, Cami, it's a 2008 Cami uh, Hydra Spider. And what this is, is it's got an LS3 motor in it, uh, all front wheel drive. So it can certainly do the, the peel out and drag the tires as much as you would like. Um, but at the same time, it's also the insidious car, so it can go into conversion mode and be taken out on the lake and still achieve 50 to 60 miles an hour comfortably what? while just simply driving a vehicle. <laughs> I can't imagine what that looks like. That sounds wonderfully ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is absolutely a sight to see. And uh, again, it should be online within the next two or three weeks or so. Uh, I would certainly suggest anybody that has the opportunity to just take a moment to go online and check it out because you're not going to see many cars that are, are capable of, of going 100 on the on the road and, and 60 on the water. <laughs> okay, and I've written that down, 2008 Cami Hydra Spider. So if that's the weirdest one, what is uh, some of the coolest muscle cars you've you've seen go through? Ooh, that, that's certainly a... a Extremely tough question. Uh, I can tell you we've had a plethora of very cool rides that have come through Gateway Classic Cars. Um, if we're talking about my personal favorites, uh, there was a 1959 Chevrolet El Camino, which had been resto-modded, that has come through our facility. Uh, this one did have an LS3 swap in it. Nice. Um, you know, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with the, the 59 El Caminos, but that was in the first year of release for them, so they still had the, the fins of the 50s era. Uh, I just always found that to be an extremely cool look. And then on top of that, it had a gorgeous wooden bed in it. Um, very nice dark charcoal gray color that was uh, outlined in a dark cherry red. Oh, and I wow. uh, just really seemed to, to pop and, and pulled at all my heartstrings. I can certainly <laughs> tell you that. Uh, we've also uh, we've had a few others. Um, one that really sticks out to me is a, a 63 Nova. And uh, if you're walking past this, uh, I'll tell you, it just looks like your average run-of-the-mill uh, run kind of Nova. But it uh, turns out that they ended up putting um, dual turbos underneath this car. So this car was pulling 1,300 horsepower. Oh, my God. Again, you walk by it. And it weighs 2,300 pounds. Very, very average. Uh, <laughs> but you get behind the wheel, and, and you can certainly feel the rumble. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. All right. Um, COVID-19 rules and regs have given the green, yellow, or red light. But tell us about the other things that – uh, Gateway Classic Cars does, like, you know, running out space for events and, and the cars and coffee stuff? Well, so the, the caffeine and chrome, which is our spin on uh, cars and coffee, yeah. is extremely, extremely popular. That gives us a chance to really engage with the local classic car communities in each one of our areas. Uh, you know, like you said, coffee, donuts, and I know I can speak for this showroom, in for our caffeine and chrome last July, we had uh, 140 cars oh. and over 275 people that came down that morning, and we're just part of the fun. We can also do events there, right? Each showroom is its own unique footprint. Uh, for example, our Louisville showroom is literally a big red barn. Absolutely. <laughs> perfect for where it's sitting it used to be uh an old flea market uh just and it's it's right on a corner real high profile dirt gravel driveway and it's it, it's really fun stepping in there and yeah. seeing all of our cars in that setting this particular showroom here at our corporate headquarters we're actually set up to do a wide variety of events we'll have weddings corporate parties we can even do a larger concerts. Mm-hmm. We've been uh, hosting a, a Sunday afternoon local musician uh, concert in our parking lot uh, over the last month or so. With uh, COVID and the restrictions, we're not open to the public yet, right. but we're giving everybody a chance to come out, kind of park in the parking lot, keep their social distance, tailgate, and enjoy a, a, an afternoon of uh, some local music. 
That is so awesome that you guys are still doing this. You can visit gatewayclassiccars.com to find the showroom nearest you if you want contact info and to cruise through their inventory that they've got across the United States. I mean, it's it's total car porn. I won't kid you. Oh, it's it is. You're going to need some alone time. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. And uh, Chris and Ken... Uh, you know, you've, you've made time for us. We really appreciate it because I know you're busy and I know that sales are hot, but uh, you stuck around in your corporate headquarters just to be able to talk to us. So thank you so much for being here on Road Muscle Radio. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, I did want to add because everybody asks, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? Uh, my favorite part of being here day in and day out is that every one of our vehicles has a story. Yes, And getting to talk with the owners of these vehicles and listen to those stories and find out how, how much uh, emotion and uh, memories and you know, just real love and effort they've put in to maintaining and creating some of the, uh, the finest machines you'll find on four wheels, uh, that's probably my favorite part of doing what we do. What's your your favorite, most heartfelt podcast? Road Muscle Radio. <laughs> one. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. He actually did it. I think I love you wow. now. <laughs> oh, guys, thank uh, you, you got, so much for being on the show. It's you drug that horse to water, and you got him to drink. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. It's certainly been a pleasure. We definitely appreciate you all uh, having us on, and uh, we'll look forward to hopefully maybe getting a, another shot at this later on. He's, he's not kidding. The, the stories are fun. The, uh, no, that's yeah. always the best part. And it's we've had this conversation a bunch of times. Uh, anytime you get to a car show or a Cars and Coffee or a cruise or anything like that, uh, the cars are cool, but it's always the stories behind them oh, yeah. that really makes it. So And they've got a lot of stories there because they've got a lot of cars. Uh, maybe we'll be able to hook up sometime in the future and, and, and yank some of those stories out. I'm find guessing out they've got quite a few. If you want to find out more about them, again, gatewayclassiccars.com, great place to be. And thank you, by the way, for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease, gears, and cool car stuff. There's nothing like going on a fun ride with somebody, especially when you've got a bunch of somebodies and you can just talk and have fun and enjoy the car. Uh, be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.